seeing butter with that once again in our quarantine form uh, since we still unfortunately cannot be in each other's presence. Um, but we're glad that we're still, you know, together in this sense and bringing you guys episodes. So thank you for being here. And we even have a special guest this week, if you haven't noticed, Christine, um, who she's hanging out with, um, which might be a little bit of a spoiler <laughs> for what movie we're going to be doing this week. Um, but before we get started, I figured we could start with like what movies and stuff we've been watching since we've been home all the time lately. Connor. Um, I forgot to mention this last time we recorded, but I watched A Muppet Christmas Carol. <gasps> Delightful. And How was it? So good. Um, Sam, the cabbage moment made me laugh too. <laughs> yeah, Michael Caine is brilliant in it. Um, I, yeah, I don't know. A Christmas Carol is just like a sucker of a story for me. It's just, such, I don't know, every time. I just love it. Um, so I was super impressed. And it's kind of, it's interesting seeing that. Uh, after Muppet Treasure Island, because uh, they sort of, I feel like they sort of tweaked the formula of doing one of these adaptations from Muppet Treasure Island. Uh, but it was on Disney Plus, and I wanted to give it a watch, and I thoroughly, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed it. I was a choir boy in A Christmas Carol. Ah. Yeah. Had real short hair. <laughs> wow. um, yeah, Dave. Uh, I saw a movie that. Um, I believe it's on Showtime, which I think comes with like some streaming service right now. Um, some sort of like cheap submission or something uh, or subscription. But um, I saw a movie called 13. Um, it's a movie that stars, um, among other people, um, Mickey Rourke, 50 Cent, uh, Jason Statham, and Michael Shannon. <laughs> and Michael Shannon, I'll say it off the bat, this movie is very bad. Um, but it's like a fun, like chintzy kind of like good, bad movie, bad. Um, the premise is, um, to make money for his father's surgery, uh, a main character, uh, sort of weasels his way into, um, some sort of like high crime, um, meeting that he has no knowledge of what it'll be. And it turns out it's like a Russian roulette tournament. Um, and it's, it's overseen by Michael Shannon, who is just perched on this like ladder, like just a ladder in the back of the room, just shouting instructions at the movie, like angrily. It's hysterical. <laughs> it's worth seeing it just for his performance. It's really. Eric really just funny. pointed at me and was like, "I know what that movie is." <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was dumb, but it was really fun, and Michael Shannon was <laughs> hilarious in it. So I would recommend it for for his performance at the very least. Wow, what is not he- not to be confused with Evan Rachel Wood in Thirteen. <laughs> No, when I heard time. this, I was like, I remember uh, Michael Shannon being in that movie. But honestly, that movie's uh, crazy enough that I'm sure Michael Shannon could have positioned himself on a ladder and shouted instructions from the corner. For sure. Um, speaking of Evan Rachel Wood, has anybody been watching Westworld? Oh, season three is so good. Twists and turns. Big fan. I kind of fell off halfway through season two and I just never got back to it. But you like season three? Yeah, season three is really good. Uh, it's at the midpoint now, so I think the action's going to really kind of ramp up. Uh, and Aaron Paul is just, uh, Aaron Paul and Evan Rachel Wood have this one amazing scene together in episode three that is like probably in like my top 20, you know, just two person acting scenes of all time. It was just so, so good. 
I just have like a really big crush on her and Tandy Newton in that show specifically. And so sometimes it's like a little too much because they're so both like, they're both so amazing. <laughs> they look so good in the show. <laughs> um, they're probably, yeah, I don't know. Season three is going to have a lot of stuff in store for both of them. So. Okay. Yeah. Definitely re- recommend sticking to it. I hate being that guy that's like, no, no, like you just got to stick with it. You just got to stick with it. But this one, it pays off. I think. Well, all the trailers for the third season are is now like sport. Like I never got past the first season, so I was like, "Well, I guess a lot of this is kind of spoiled by now, as far as what happens to these characters." Mm-hmm. But I'm, I, I guess you'll argue, Connor, it's still worth it, even though twists and turns aren't necessary. And the way that they play with structure, I think, does not work very well in season two, but I think is executed well in season one. And they're kind of abandoning that, like, do you know what's actually happening? There still might be, like, in, like, chronological order. There still might be a little bit of that in season three, but not, like, in season one or two. That's right. what else. That's um, I, it's not a movie, but I've been watching The Witcher. Um, I was supposed to be watching this with my roommate, which is why it's taking me forever to watch it. Um, but she's just like not that into it. And I'm like, fine, fucking whatever. I'm gonna watch it by myself. So like I know she doesn't listen to this, so I don't I don't have to worry about her being like, How dare you? Um, but I really like it. I feel like I might eat that shit up, you know? <laughs> What's that? I feel like I might eat that up. Like if I start watching it, I might just like devote all my time to it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's very much like that. Okay. I'm a big fan of the game. So I've only watched the first episode of um, the season, but mm-hmm. I definitely that's a good quarantine project to finish it. Yeah. Cool. Christine, you got anything? Mm, I watched Failure to Launch recently. <laughs> um, I can say the best part of that movie is Bradley Cooper, so it's not a high compliment to the movie in, in general. <laughs> well, <laughs> best part of the movie uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it was a nice, I guess, stumble down memory lane or whatever, but desperate times call for desperate measures. <laughs> um, I watched a couple things. Garrett and I, uh, rewatched Drag Me to Hell because I haven't seen that in a while. Um, and I only saw it one time and I remember like, thinking it was fine like years ago when I first saw it I enjoyed it a lot more the second time around um it like is a lot of fun and like the gross out stuff is really good in it um I just feel like so bad for this woman it's like every goddamn horrible thing that could happen to her does and so it's like so cringy sometimes but definitely like a lot of fun um And then the other thing I wanted to mention was a slasher film that we watched um, called uh, April Fool's Day, uh, which Uh. I've never seen before. And we watched it a couple days after April Fool's, which I just want to thank, like, the universe for being, like, really chill this April Fool's Day because none of us needed it, you know? And I didn't see anything. So, like, remarkable restraint on everyone's part, for sure. Um, but this movie's really fun. Um, it was actually, like, a really decent slasher. The characters are, like, really dumb, like, 80s slasher characters. But they're, like, a lot of fun to, like, hang out with and get to know. 
and then it has like an awesome 80 score so definitely like a lot of fun um i think we watched it on like stars or something but it was good yeah cool um, well, then I guess we should dive into the movie. Uh, so, uh, again, if you check out Christine and who she's hanging out with tonight, uh, you can see that we're doing an Adam Sandler movie. Um, so this was kind of a hard theme for me to pick because for Miss the Boat, I was really trying to think of just like stuff I should have watched like a while ago, like at a certain age, like with certain people, like that sort of thing. And I think, like, I probably would have picked, like, some of the crazy action movies I've been watching lately if I hadn't, like, like just dived into so many of them over, like, the last year or so. Like, especially, like, Schwarzenegger stuff, been watching, um, like, RoboCop and, and all this shit. I feel like I've just dived into all of it, and I love it. Um, so the next thing I was thinking was um, I, like, wasn't a person that grew up with, like, Adam Sandler movies in the house that much. Um, my, my parents didn't really think, like, he was that funny, and they weren't really into his movies, so it wasn't, like, a thing we really watched. Um, and I was, like, kind of guarded with what I was allowed to see as a kid. Um, I think, like, when I was growing up, I maybe saw, um, which one was it? Oh, Mr. Deeds. For some reason, I've seen Mr. Deeds, like, five or six times, and I don't know why I've seen it that much. But the other stuff I'm, like, familiar with, I know, like, the concepts of them, I know, like, all of the people who are in his movies, but I just, like, really haven't seen that many of them. Um, so initially, I was going to go with Happy Gilmore, and then we were, like, sitting down to watch a movie the other night, and I really didn't feel like fucking watching Happy Gilmore. Um, so Garrett was like, well, another one that you might like because it's Adam Sandler, but it has like a little bit more heart to it is Big Daddy. Um, so that is the movie like we picked for this week, um, which has everyone here seen that movie before? Yeah. Okay. So it was my first time seeing it then. Um, so Big Daddy was Adam Sandler's, what year did it come out? 1999 film. Um, it has a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes, but 91% of Google users love it, which is, like, feels very fitting for this movie. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what, like, before, like, we, we picked this and stuff, like, what were your impressions of this movie? How do you feel about, like, Adam Sandler's stuff in general? That kind of thing. Uh, Connor? I think Adam Sandler probably has one of the most interesting careers in Hollywood over the past 20 years. Um, I was definitely the person who was like, oh, only his like first two movies are good. Um, everything else is just terrible. Um, I'm going to step back on that statement a little bit because I actually really enjoyed Big Daddy. I probably have not seen it since I was like a little kid um, in the early 2000s, but rewatching it the other day, I was like, you know what? This is still pretty good. I was, I was honestly pretty surprised that it was not horribly cynical um, that its humor did not rest solely on making fun of people with disabilities or people who do not fit the heteronormative standard um, that Adam Sandler seems to think society should have, um, at least in his later movies. And it was not filled with like obnoxious product placements throughout the entire movie. You have McDonald's, you got the Pepsi clock, but I mean, movies like Jack and Jill, Pixels, all of that is just littered with, you know, floor to ceiling product placement. Um, so I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of Adam Sandler, probably was more back in the day. Uh, but I thought this, this was a pretty surprising. I, I enjoyed it from start to finish. 
Cool. Yeah, Sam. Um, Adam Sandler is 50% the reason why I hate comedy. Um, the hey, other percent is Will Ferrell. So... <laughs> Um, that's it. They are responsible for why I hate a whole genre. That said, watching Big Daddy again, I didn't like it, but I enjoyed it more than I thought I more than I thought I would and more than I remember enjoying when I was a kid. Christina, are you raising a hand? Yeah, I, this <laughs> virtual background is making it very difficult. You got lost in Adam Sandler's face. I did. <laughs> Not often you get to say that. Uh, right. Oh, yeah, right. Um, I feel like kind of going off what Sam was saying, I kind of had the opposite reaction to Big Daddy. I remembered liking this movie when I saw it and then rewatching it, I was like, this is rough. And maybe I haven't seen enough original Adam Sandler movies to like comparatively say this is better, but I thought it was, it was a pretty, pretty rough rewatch, which was surprising because I do remember if it was on TV, like I would like keep watching it. And I remember the Sprouse twins before they got all like Disney channel, original famous were really cute. I found even the kid irritating, <laughs> not to mention a bunch of other problematic aspects of the movie. But I will say it did remind me that I do, maybe I'll rewatch like The Wedding Singer, which I remember really liking. Maybe that, has, I don't know, has a good rewatch, but. I would say just watch, right after watching Big Daddy, watch Little Nicky, and then you'd be like, oh yeah, so Big Daddy is a lot better. Okay, I've never seen, I've never uh. seen, uh, uh, little Nikki or um, yeah, any of that. I want to talk about problematic shit. <laughs> Watch. Got it, got it. All right, all right, all right. Um, I did like seeing a young um, John, Stewart, John Stewart though. Oh my god, like, yeah, baby, feel my heart. Yeah, a babe, <laughs> total babe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Um. Yeah. Well. <laughs> So uh, as a kid, I did really like uh, Happy Gilmore a lot. I really it was one of my one of my favorite comedies for a while when I was a kid. Um, and then that was really kind of the only one that I saw for a long time. I saw this one as well and thought you know it was okay. Uh, returning to it now, I think it's still just kind of okay. It feels too long. Mm. Um, I, re Adam uh, Adam Sandler in general, though, um, I guess this is the the last movie that he made before establishing. Um, what is his production company? Happy, um, Happy, Happy Madison Productions, um, which I think is exactly the moment that you take a nosedive with his career. Mm. Um, I mean, like up to this, it was like you get Airheads, you get Billy Madison, you get Happy Gilmore, Wedding Singer, which is okay. Uh, he appears in Dirty Work, which I like, Waterboy, which I can tolerate, but is kind of riding the line. Um, and then this, and then after that, you get... Um, you know, Little Nicky, Mr. Deeds, uh, Eight Crazy Nights, uh, mm. Fifty First Dates, Anger Management. Um, and Little Nicky, I think, is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, and I, in general, don't really care for Adam Sandler. I feel like he's got two settings. He's either, um, uh, he's either kind of just sort of like a, a main character with an incredibly annoying voice that's impossibly considered an acceptable idea for a 90-minute movie. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Or he's basically like emotionally neutral the entire time, except when Adam Sandler yelling. So 
I don't care for Adam Sandler. I know he's a good actor. He's you know good in Uncut Gems. I've heard he's really good in Punch Drunk Love. But I think uh, he needs to be handled carefully by directors if he's going to be perform well in a movie. That was like a reason I was interested in picking this too, because like I have seen Punch Drunk, Drunk Love, and I think that is a good movie. Um, mm. But he's also like doing something kind of different than he does in some of these like other movies that we like iconically know him from. And then I saw Uncut Gems last year and I thought it was really great. But he also is, from what I know, like still kind of doing his Adam Sandler thing in that movie and is somehow good while doing this like thing that can be like fairly obnoxious in a lot of his other movies. And so then I was like, well, like, what does that look like then? Like, what does like the quintessential, like, you know, kind of obnoxious loudmouth Adam Sandler look like compared to like the one that was really good and like probably deserved an Oscar nomination like this past year? I feel like his character in Uncut Gems is his character in Big Daddy 20 years later. I was like, I can see this guy becoming the character he is in Uncut Gems. Like, in New York, he's made a bunch of money. He, like, put aside his law career to just, yeah, like, sell jewels. And he's, yeah, just yelling all the time. Yeah. Um, which like, you know, for people who haven't seen Big Daddy, I guess just to give like a quick like synopsis. Um, so Adam Sandler plays Sonny Koufax, who is like a 30 something year old dude who like gave up his law career, just kind of wants to like sit around his apartment and like watch the game and goof off and like works one day a week and like doesn't, you know, have like a ton of like meaningful attachments. He has a girlfriend who is definitely pushing him to like aspire for more things. He hangs out with like his friends, but they're all like, you know, seems seem to be well off lawyers. So they like hang out with him when they can, but they don't really have time for him because they have a life. Um, and then in the middle of this, like this, you know, five-year-old kid played by the Spruce twins, uh, Cole and Dylan Spruce. Um, comes on the doorstep and belongs to his roommate, uh, played by John Stewart. And he just kind of very illegally adopts this child for a while. And that's the thing that, like, you know, starts to teach him a little bit more about, like, responsibility and caring about someone other than yourself and kind of the, like, roots of becoming an adult. Um, like a mediocre movie for me um but like I have very low expectations so I think it was interesting watching this movie and like legitimately laughing at some of the stuff that was happening in it be like and a lot of the things were like these little like one-off lines that were typically like not even Adam Sandler delivering it or something it was like Steve Buscemi or like one of the other side characters like says something in the background and like that shit's my humor like Adam Sandler yelling like I don't really give a shit about but like those there's something about like the side character quips on the side that like I'm real into and like really love Christine were you gonna say something I think I was just thinking uh when you had mentioned like the sort of peripheral or side characters having really great lines. I think that's a great point. And I think while I was watching it, I was like, the people that I'm enjoying watching the most are not the main <laughs> characters. That yeah. he's good at like bringing good comedians on board and like, like having 
people be sort of interesting um, side characters that he bounces off of. But um, yeah, I'm tr- like, um, I thought, uh, what well, I can't remember her name. She plays. The woman that works at Hooters and he won't like. Oh, Leslie Mann. Leslie yeah. Mann. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, she's always good. She's yeah. so funny, and she gets like the relentless attack from Sunny. Always, like he won't uh, let it rest that she fucking paid her way through medical school by working at Hooters. And, like, she and here like, he is a law student that is like working what one day a week in a goddamn like, toll booth. Not to deride that work, but like if he's gonna shit all over like a Hooters worker then shut his mouth. I was like, maybe this line is like one time, but then it became like a thread for the entire movie. But once I got fast, I was like, she's really funny. Mm -hmm. Her like dry um, delivery and just total disgust. I think she just nails like the scene when they're in the grocery store and Sunny has taught the kid uh, Julian Right or uh, to throw cans Frankenstein on the gr- Frankenstein to throw cans on the ground so he can get a discount, and she's like, "What is wrong with you?" Oh, and he's scratching his rash. It's <laughs> like you have no idea what you're doing. Just yeah, her total look of disgust is priceless. <laughs> and like they, you're right. They're so relentless to her, and it like really pissed me off. And I was expecting them to, like, paint her as, like, kind of a bitch throughout the movie. But they really let her, like, hold her head up and be really funny and, like, not really give in to that shit, which I, like, kind of appreciated. It it still felt very problematic, but I was like, man, I'm really glad you're not just painting this woman as some, like, bitch, you know? It reminds me of, like, a slightly better handling of the same concept in School of Rock with Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Pretty okay. much the same character, but but with a little bit more like you know room to actually comedically perform in a comedy movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a great parallel. Like um, thinking about yeah, female characters in a movies they're portrayed as like killjoys and like always the nag. And I think that the movie actually Leslie Mann's character is uh, given a lot of screen time, and by the end in the court scene when it's like, oh, is Sonny a good father or is he not? There's a moment where she's like cheering that he, he doesn't get custody, but he doesn't get arrested. So I guess that's the victory. But, um, (laughs) but she still gets a line that is like, I still think he's a complete asshole and I hate him. So it's like, she still sticks to her guns as far as like, not like oh see this character transformed by Sonny's charm and his good fatherly behavior she's like no like I still hate him but you know maybe we should give him a chance (laughs) Connor were you gonna say something I did um enjoy at least at the end with the Hooters payoff when um he's finally years past after this custody battle's over um he's a successful lawyer now he's got a job and then there's a surprise birthday party at a Hooters and guess who's working there? But it's his ex-girlfriend who was giving him such a hard time, left him for this older guy named Sid. Uh, and one, I thought one of the funniest parts of the movie is when Sid's over flipping burgers at the Hooters and he just says, hey, I don't know. That, that little yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like saying hey to Sonny. It's like uh, a funny button, but it is still like rooted in like, oh, you work at Hooters, you're a failure. Yeah. Like, uh, which, like, is probably a good segue into some of, like, the weird 90s stuff in this movie. Like, that one was a big one for me. 
And then also like the dealing with the the gay couple, which was like really interesting to see in the movie. And in a lot of ways, like felt progressive at the time, but like also was still the butt of the joke. Like the first comment about it is Adam Sandler being like, what's the big deal? Like, who cares? Like, they're still the same people, whatever. And so you're like, oh, like, that's good. Like, good for you guys for like taking this like seriously. But then it's like, oh, cool. So we defended it. That means like the rest of the movie, we can like kind of make fun of it, which feels like really strange. Yeah, Dave. Yeah, watching this, my my immediate thoughts, because um, I saw this before uh, the other one, but I, I did also see bits and pieces of uh, I Now Pronounced You Chuck and Larry, which is a, uh, a uh, Adam Stanler film. I believe that's from like, I don't know, it's maybe like 20... I think it's 2007. 2007, I think, yeah. Um, which says the opposite, where it's just like completely like degrading and... and horrible comedy based in um the lgbt community and sort of making them into these caricatures and then at the end is like uh but we're gonna have this little speech where i say that like uh good folks which is like it doesn't cut it after an hour and a half of like literally using the f word and making that movie so yeah i feel like it's kind of applies uh, it's handled better here but it's still kind of the same format which isn't atypical of sandler's comic sensibilities regrettably And it's not even just the fact that they were the butt of jokes, but when the characters were interacting and did have screen time, it was so uncomfortable and purposely so. And it's like, mm-hmm. that, that that's so stereotypical of what like ignorant straight people think gay people are like. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it was so, I wanted to unzip my skin and step out of it because it was just <laughs> so, so like, this is unnecessary. And this is just coming from a place of homophobia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. It's very much like a um, a version where they're, they're just like constantly oversexed or or just overly cutesy and and just like to the point that their personalities beyond the fact that they are a gay couple don't really translate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I just watched this movie or documentary uh, that I mentioned last time uh, called Scream Queen, and it's about the guy who starred in the second um, Friday or not Friday Nightmare on Elm Street movie. Um, and one thing that, like, really shocked Garrett and I was that, like, they show clips from, like, kids, like, movies and TV shows were, like, in the 80s, they were, like, frequently using the F word in these, like, pieces of media, and it was fine. And it was, like, 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 a Teen Wolf, like, they say it. Oh, big like, time. Yeah, like, there's, like, all this stuff that they used as examples where I was just, like, totally blown away where it was, like, this was cool. And then, like, what, like, 10, 15 years later, we get this Adam Sandler movie where it's, like, oh, like, it's okay to be gay, but we're, like, gonna make fun of it still. Like, it's still a funny thing. And it's just, like, now that we're in, like, you know, 2020, it's just so crazy how these things that, like, are were a part of our, like, lives and childhood, potentially, and stuff like that have, like, just aged so so poorly and are so like alien now yeah it's weird also it's it's weird to your point tori too that like the movie thinks it's progressive (laughs) for the time and it's like (laughs) yeah i think 
I think that this, when it comes to like LGBTQ plus representation, I, I think it struggles that with the same problem that Friends has, which yep. is like false progressivism, but really ultimately saying that being gay is not okay. Like yeah. that's that's the takeaway message from all of those things. Yeah. So if you want to watch good representation of LGBTQ characters, you should go watch like Schitt's Creek or something where it's actually really amazing, <laughs> uh, which just also had its like series finale. Um, Cause I've been thinking about that a lot. Like now that I'm watching like shows that are coming out now and being like, man, these narratives are like so drastically different. Um, and it's, it's crazy what like a, what seems like a couple of years because I don't have any concept of time and the nineties was like 10 years ago to me. Um, but like, it, it's crazy. Like what this time like has done to like these different character narratives and like this kind of movie isn't really something that would do too well, like in the current climate, even with these like, you know, I guess like lesser issues compared to some of like his other movies, but still. He still rakes it in. I don't know. Yeah. Well, at any rate. It's it's strange. It's very weird. Um, but also the uh, the Rob Schneider character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I completely forgot about that. And so when I saw him on screen, I was like, oh, God, no. And yeah, like, I think oh, he's... I mean, they are they are good friends, I guess, but it does feel like a lot of times Rob Schneider is just the part of his, like, comedy, like, Padre and Staple that because he's I believe he's Filipino is just like cast as anyone mm-hmm. with what like you, very crass kind of oversimplified characterizations of those of those people. Yeah. I, think, I think with Rob Snyder, that's such a shame that he's oftentimes just really terrible in so many movies because uh, I think he's really good in the Benchwarmers. Uh, I think the Benchwarmers is a funny movie. I don't think it's a great movie at all, but I think it's a, it's a funny movie. I really enjoy watching it. Um, and he just plays like a normal guy. And I think him and John Heater, I think the cast has some good back and forths. And so it's just a shame to see like Rob Schneider just play these like stereotypical characters and that's just horrible and terrible. But yet he is like, you know, and he is just like being a normal person, like he gets good results. Cause there's, there are like one or two times in the movie where he's interacting with the kid and it's like, he has like a funny line or two that kind of shine through. And I'm like, oh, these are good moments, but, like, they aren't doing you any favors by, like, casting you in these kind of roles. Like, especially now, like, these things just, like, have not aged well. Um, yeah, it's like, and, the, and then, like, literacy keeps being the butt yeah. of every joke, and it's just, like, and the thing is, is, like, the things that I, like, the scenes that I remembered, like, liking, like, the, when they're, he's doing the cue cards, and then Rob Schneider's characters, like, the hip Hip Hop Anonymous. I was like, ah, oh, I always loved that movie. And then rewatching it, like within the context of the like again relentless jokes about he can't read all this stuff, and I'm like, I can't enjoy this scene anymore. <laughs> this is just yeah, not yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't really have too too much else. Is there anything else like anyone else wanted to like mention about this movie or or bring up like scenes or anything? Yeah, Sam, just. The whole premise at the end of where he's trying to get custody of a child that's not his, that's his best friend's kid. And the best friend, like, really doesn't have much to say. He, like, steps in to try to help. That is 
unfucking believable. Like I, <laughs> I cannot spend my disbelief for that. I just couldn't. Thank God that he didn't actually get the kid. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I also thought too, like, what kind of kangaroo court is this? First of all, they're bringing like other like legal counsel from like the the from just the procession and like um at the end the, the linchpin that gets him off is like um basically John Stewart is like, well, you know what? I, I'm the father. I admit it. I'm not going to press charges. It's like, well, this is a state kidnapping case. It's a little more serious than that, John. <laughs> I am John Stewart. And I declare that I'm not <laughs> pressing charges. But I, uh, there are things about this movie that are tolerable. I think like, I don't know. It's soundtrack is, is pretty good. <laughs> uh, it's, there's a Limp Biscuit song. I won't hold that against it necessarily, <laughs> but um but like it, 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 yeah. By contrast to his other movies, I think like his other movies are so often he plays like a really immature, like um, emotionally regressive, and ultimately just kind of shitty, like miserably like cynical and self interested dude who like sort of learns something. But in the end, in most of his movies, you never really see that happen. He's just kind of like in the end, he's just like, huh? Well, things are different now, but I'm still gonna be an asshole, and everybody loves me. Um, but with this one, it does feel like there's a little bit of growth, at least, at least by contrasting the other ones I've seen. So it's, it's one of the better ones in his, his filmography, I guess, of the comedy ilk, but I just don't like Adam Sandler movies. Yeah. Uh, Christine. I will say, um, two scenes that I loved. One, the scuba Steve scene still holds up. (laughs) Yeah, it's my view. When he shows up, it's precious. I will say that his uh, his whole getup when he dresses and convinces him to do his work, I was like, "Yes, I'm all on board." The second scene is uh, when he sends Julie, uh, Julian off to school for his first day. Precious, so cute, and the conference with the teacher. The teacher is so funny when she's, say, when she's telling him all of the things Julian isn't doing <laughs> and how he's a problem in class. This woman, I'm like, I wish I have, could see you in other movies because you're so funny. And I thought the school, yeah, the school scenes were really, really priceless. I loved that a lot too. That like stuck out for me because I also expected him to flare up at her. And like, just hit, yeah, yeah, and he's kind of just like, oh yeah, I gotta like this stuff is acceptable, and I was like, oh, that's like actually like a level of like maturity I definitely didn't expect in this movie. So like, cool. <laughs> I did like when he said uh, when he had the realization, I'm raising the smelly kid. Like I thought, yeah. that was- <laughs> no one wants to raise the smelly kid. No. Uh... The one delivery that I did think was actually pretty great was toward the beginning of the movie, and. Um... <clears throat> They're throwing the surprise party for John Stewart's character, and um, uh, in the midst of this party, uh, he's he's going to make this speech as he's next to um, next to his girlfriend, and uh, Sandler just cuts right through the entire room to shouts, "You're not going to propose to her, are you?" Like that was actually, I did get a good laugh at that. <laughs> the timing of that was pretty good. Just undercut, like deflates the entire situation. <laughs> and even John Stewart then is like, uh. Uh, yeah yeah i was I yeah was. i'm gonna do that now yeah <laughs> um there's also a part where buscemi is like talking to the kid at the beginning and you know unfortunately steve buscemi plays just like a random homeless person in this um but 
he just starts like the kid keeps asking him questions and so he starts just talking about his life to the kid <laughs> and he says some line about like doing drugs and it's just like well i was kind of weird and i watched fantasia a lot as a kid <laughs> just like oh shit i feel attacked right now that was a pretty funny bit yeah yeah, he, I think that he was the funniest character. Like, again, when in the courtroom scene, when he's just there and they're getting into a fight, I was like, this might as well happen. But <laughs> Oh, you know who I did love? I loved the guy that was drunk at the bar. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. He, like, really made, like, a couple scenes for me that, like, weren't that funny. And then, like, his delivery of just, like, I'm going to kick your ass. So I was like, shit, okay. <laughs> I mean, just smile. Like, the full smile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, like, you know, I picked this watching it, like, the first time yesterday. But I, for me, that's kind of what, like, Missed the Boat meant was, like, me kind of, like, picking up on something that I really didn't know much about, like, actually coming into this. So I'm kind of glad I did this. Um, probably if I had seen it before, not a movie I necessarily would have, like, picked to talk about. But I'm also glad we seem to pull some, like, interesting conversation out of it, especially just about, like, how this movie's aged and is problematic. So I think these are things that are important to reflect on, especially with, like, movies like this that like might have a little bit more like nostalgia factor for like people around our age. So I'm glad we got to, to do that. Um, any other thoughts before we, are we taking a break? <laughs> have we decided if that works or not? I'll just I mean, say, oh, go ahead. I have one more Adam Sandler thing. I also, along my like string of random ass Netflix movies I've been watching lately, I watched um, Murder Mystery with Adam Sandler and Jennifer Aniston. Not too bad. Okay. Mm. Um, It kind of tries to be Knives Out, but is like way worse. Mm. But very entertaining. Um, Some questionable choices, but for the most part, I would say if you want to just disassociate and watch a random ass Netflix movie... I would say, I would say this one is it shot all on location. All of these like cool yachts and European ports and stuff. Yeah. So, and Jennifer Aniston. Great. Sorry. Go ahead, Dave. <laughs> no, I'll just add quickly that, um, especially for Tori. I mean, if you're, uh, if you're going to go this route and you're going to try any more of them. Um, yeah, I would say maybe happy Gilmore. Happy okay. Gilmore is one that's, um, uh, it's not too different of a character, but it's populated throughout by a lot of a lot of really great and memorable comedic side characters. So it's oh, cool. it, it pays off in a lot of ways. It's kind of like the better parts of this movie amplified. Cool, that's good to know because like I kind of picked this like one after talking to Garrett because I was like I think maybe I do need like a little more buy in because like I don't like the Adam Sandler character. And so I'm like, I don't know how, like, to get into this. And this did have, like, some, you know, heart moments. And I did think the kid was cute and stuff like that, too. But, um, yeah, like, in the end, like, I really did like the little side characters and, like, the quips more than the majority of it. (laughs) I'd say those are definitely the strengths of comedic movies. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm glad you picked this movie because, to Connor's point, it reminded me how weird of a career Adam Sandler has had. Yeah. And I think we've 
we've delved uh, into the depths of that odd, odd career. <laughs> Indeed we have. Yeah. Where I live, little man. Hey, we gotta get going, pal. Why? Well, in retrospect, I made some really bad choices after high school. Yeah, we, we gotta get going, buddy. Why? Well, this was during the so-called disco era, but for me, it was more the uh, doing mushroom era. Oh, okay, we're gonna miss breakfast. Why? Never really thought about that, kid. I mean, I was never Mr. Popularity in high school, and uh, I watched Fantasia a lot, and one day it just clicked. Hey, Yappy, if you end the conversation, I'll get you an egg McMuffin. I got a sausage McMuffin with hash browns. You got it, Let's go. Hey. <laughs> um, so for the whiteboard question, I didn't really have anything I derived from this movie uh, that I felt was worth asking y'all. Um, but I had a very stressful day and a woman touched me at the grocery store. So I just kind of wanted us to all reflect on like, what our happy places are like you know what are some things that like we're deriving happiness happiness and like relaxation from i'll say really quick it's it's funny that that's your question having not done happy gilmore because that's a big theme in that movie oh really happy places yeah <laughs> okay great um this is weird but i'm a very i'm i'm a person who's very sensitive to colors and so i I've mentioned this in various episodes before, but I like a nice pastel color palette. And when I'm feeling stressed out, I always take a notice of like where I am and like what colors are in the room. And um, if if I need to calm down, I need to find pink. I don't know why, but like hmm. you can see my room is all pink <laughs> and filled with Captain America stuff. But um, that soothing just coming into a place where it's pastel colors and a lot of lace and just a lot of like kitschy stuff the house i sent you the other day that that's my house man it was beautiful it was so pink <laughs> uh anyone else well i'm sort of uh reporting from my happy place i uh you know my room my room's good which uh you know, this quarantine has been uh, has been rough and has been really difficult for a, a lot of reasons, both um, <clears throat> in terms of public health and, and you know economically. And a lot of people are really struggling. It's it's frightening time. But um, that being said, if I have to spend it anywhere, I'm kind of pretty happy to be holed up in my room. Um, I got you know the deer here in the background. If you're watching our YouTube video, I have um, you know my books on hand, so um, got my bed. So I'm uh, I'm pretty holed up and pretty comfortable here. So um, yeah, it's my uh, my own private space my room uh, i do like hanging out in the butter with that studio yeah. <laughs> yes. yes that's right i can use my virtual backgrounds to show my happy place yes um, you do. so it's a combination of here on the beach is a happy place um i don't know what beach this is but i'm sure it's happy uh and then here is my happy place oh, God, watching shows terrible. about space. I know, right? It actually space probably can bring in intense stress <laughs> uh, if you have to exist in it as a human. But uh, I think but technically your happy place then includes everywhere. So you kind of win. Oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. I just like to wrap my arms around the world. just like <laughs> And then maybe here too, a bug's life. Mm, oh, yeah. A bug's life. <laughs> 
There's so many to choose from. <laughs> um, happy place is hard. I feel like I feel like I'm pretty good at sort of like establishing a happy spot anywhere. Um, but what definitely helps is if I have friends around me. Uh, if I am sitting in a chair on the beach or in the mountains with beers, mm. that's pretty great. A happy place anywhere with those uh, those things. Mm. Um, um, yes, ma'am. Sorry, I was just gonna say I missed something very critical in mine. Um, to have a big floof ball, animal mm-hmm. cat. Uh, like a, like like your your cat or any sort of like floofy. Preferably my cat, but like literally any animal you just put it in front of me, and I'm like, oh, my day is so much better. It's true. Yeah, I mean, definitely animals should be in a happy place. Um, I had a really disappointing moment yesterday where I had dedicated time to taking a bath and I was really excited about it. And then I realized we didn't have a stopper. And so none of the water would stay in the tub. And I was so sad because I had like already set it up how I like having the bathroom set. I had lit incense and a candle and I had like my really chill like vaporwave like playlist ready to go and then I real and I was like putting essential oils in the tub and then I just like couldn't take a bath um but that's like I'm definitely going to Home Depot and getting a stopper at some point because I'm gonna have a goddamn bath during this quarantine to relax myself um but yeah like it's like it's comfort stuff like that it's like a book and wine and incense um, but then Connor, you mentioned the woods. I feel like I have been just craving the outdoors lately. Like I haven't in a while. Like I just want to hug a tree so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I want to be in like a quiet wooden yeah. area with like no one around. Grass. <laughs> grass. Yes. I miss grass. Yeah. Um, Alyssa and I, in just a few weeks, are going to be moving to Germantown. So I am very excited. There's a lot of stress that comes with moving and packing, especially in these times. Yeah. But our new backyard is going to be bigger and have grass. And so I'm thinking about lawn darts and all the things we can do. And puppies in the grass. Yes. Oh, that's beautiful, Christine. This is the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> that's on my bucket list to see in real life. You know why it's on my bucket list? Remember the movie Balto? Yes. Oh. Oh. Because his Dark Materials deals a lot with the Aurora Borealis. Oh. Yeah. Do you know there are three Balto movies? We don't need them. We just need the one. Found that out the other day. Well, cool. Thank you guys for tuning in again. Um, we'll be coming at you. Oh, God. Yeah. I got this one. I thought it was going to be. Oh, look. It's like. Ah! <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so that is the, and for those listening, just listening, the anger management uh, cover, she's between, uh, nestled between Jack Nicholson and Adam Sanders screaming at each other, nose to nose. Yeah, it is a delight. I'm yeah. so sorry. I'll go back to neutral. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, we'll be back for some more quarantine butter with that episodes. Um, so yeah, stay tuned to more of our uh, Miss the Boat episodes. This has been a pretty fun go so far. Um, is there anything you guys want to like plug or mention right now? Cool. Mm-hmm. Well, definitely check out all of our stuff. Uh, we are on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, even though we don't really use it. Uh, mm-hmm. But you guys are all home right now, so you should definitely be hitting up our email. Connor, what's our email? Butter with that podcast at gmail.com. Exactly.
Um, so yeah, thanks again, and we'll see you guys later. Bye. See ya. Bye.